Hello, and welcome to some Derbs Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I uh, am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about grinding in games. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? Uh, well, it's pretty simple. We like to talk about games. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, we got a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of business, I suppose, to take care of. Um, firstly, last week, we played games. What did we play? Um, we, we did Rune Lords and we did, uh, we did Hell's Rebels from, uh, from last week. I'm trying to remember what, uh, what happened off the top of my head. Have we done two Rune Lords since the last recording? Because we played, at the time of recording, we played Rune Lords yesterday. Um, Yeah, I guess we have. Well, well. (laughs) in Rune Lords, we made our way to Turtleback Ferry. um, And uh, we talked to some people there. That's, and then we, uh, uh, you you, you go, buddy, because it was mostly your character's stuff. In Turtleback Ferry? I mean, well, so, people recognized Wooden Wanderer, but no, everybody refused to tell me who they thought I was. Um, but then some yeah, stuff happened with the... that. That seems very unearned to me. Uh, like, you know, there's got to be a really good reason for... You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing if people are, like, doing double takes. Like, oh, I thought... I thought you were sorry. Never mind. You know what I mean. But it's it's another to be like I definitely recognize who you are and have used this other name consistently with all these other people, um, and uh, and uh, they still won't tell you. It feels a little contrived. I think is the word. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see how it turns out. You know, I I I very clearly built that plot hook into the character, so it's it's you know nice to see at least that it's being used. So we'll, so we'll see how it goes, but. More relevantly to 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 Kenzo, uh, we're doing stuff with the Black Arrows right now. Yeah, we are doing stuff with the Black Arrows. Um, the Black Arrows are really interesting. I like the Black Arrows a lot because I basically founded them in Endless Winter. Um, and it's nice that I kind of get to draw the parallels between how, uh, you know, chaotic, good, probably neutral, maybe, Kenzo deals with the black arrows uh versus uh lawful neutral lawful good uh kambe who you know kambe did, we did the same stuff you know where we we fought at fort Rannick or well that so this is what happens right we we assaulted fort Rannick, which is this black arrow stronghold or whatever um <clears throat> genzo has every intention of letting the black arrows die out he doesn't he you know he doesn't care about the organization or, or anything along those lines. Whereas Kambe was very eager to take over and restart uh, the Black Arrows from kind of this, that brink of extinction. And it make you know, it makes me feel good because, uh, you know, I get, uh, I get a little nervous that sometimes I'm playing the same character over and over again. Um, yeah. I'm interested actually how long, how, how much is this, how long has it been going in Mark's head? Because the Black Arrows are the name of the organization in, in the core AP as well. Yeah, well, so, yeah, this book was to- was taken from, uh, this is like a history lesson, I suppose. This book was taken almost pound for pound and converted into Mark's Endless Winter game. Uh, some of the names were changed uh, to be, like, I don't actually think it was called Turtleback Fairy, but it was called something different. Um 
But, you know, the Black Arrows were there. Fort Rannick was there. These ogres were there. All of that stuff is very in line with kind of what, what we were uh, – is kind of in line with what we were expecting. But we went a different path with it because after we cleared out Fort Rannick um, and did a little bit of other kind of random heroics, we were granted the province politically. And then – the the game kind of became very much about like we are a group of heroes who just became like you know the the leader of the local militia and the mayor of you know the the local town and ruler of the local province kind of politicky stuff which was pretty neat and interesting uh, but yeah I have no idea what the timeline is like for for Mark uh, in general yeah neat. Um, but I look. I'm looking forward to. Uh, we we killed some ogres, and now there's a uh, Lamia that's fucking with us. Uh, yeah, this is the second one. He mentioned that it was the second one, but I don't actually remember a first one. Uh, Zanesha. Oh yeah, duh. fair enough. Yep. Um. Yeah. This is uh, getting about to the point. Like like this. This is also very close to the to the book because uh, for listeners who don't know, I'm running a Rune Lords game in uh, for my for my friends in Meat Space. And um, and uh, this this book is very similar, so I I am doing my best to keep my mouth shut and not be meta and spoilers. But that just kind of means I don't I don't contribute to a lot of decisions because I I can't if I do the thing that I know is right, then that's cheating, and if I do the thing that I know that's wrong, it seems unnecessarily penalizing. So I'll let uh I'll let Jimmy and you f- founder through it. That man, that kind of sucks. Um... I mean, it, it was part of, like, Enoch, particularly Enoch and I knew what we were getting into when we got into it. Um, and that's okay, I think. I think so, like, you know, that I'd rather have the opportunity to play the game than have to sit on the sidelines just to avoid, you know, being marginally bored for a little while. See, I think the proper response to this almost, um, man... I think the the proper response to this almost is uh, to to kind of have like the AP be changed. Um, sure, I mean you know and- like I mean, you know it's like kind of like a weird thing to say, but uh, you know I have any anybody watching Hell's Rebels, anybody who's listened to our podcast knows that I've changed a lot about. Oh, excuse me, a lot about how the AP works, uh, kind of fundamentally from the book. So, someone reading the book, it's not all that actually helpful. In, in you know what I mean, like. Most of the characters that have been introduced in Hell's Rebels so far are made, you know, like made up characters, right? The the structure for the missions that you guys are undertaking, that's all me. Uh, you know, I completely wrote out certain characters and added in others because of you know, like these kinds of changes that I wanted to make and everything like that. Uh, and, and I think that has the effect of, hey, listen, you could go read all the books that you want, but the the context the surrounding the surrounding stuff is so different that it's not even going to really be all that helpful because you're constantly going to be wondering well you know at this point bloody bloop decides to betray you know what i mean he decides to betray the silver ravens on cue but there's actually no guarantee that that kind of thing is going to happen given the other you know like drastic changes involved sure but like in, in i think in this particular case um Part part of it is that like a, a lot of I can recognize that a lot of the the big story is the same, but the the details are different. And also, like I'm never going to be capable of of acting independent of that knowledge, right? Like, um, if say I know that's like let's uh, that that um 
you know, there, there's one more black, I, or this isn't such a huge deal. There's one more black arrow in, in the game right now than there is in the advent, adventure path, right? Uh, the, the, one of the characters in the, in the party does not appear in the rise of the Windows adventure path. And, um, and there's some other big differences too. Um, and I know some things about the characters that could influence some of the decisions I make. And there's no guarantee that they're the same, but like, Either I act on the information and it's bad information and I'm and I'm hurting us by like I, I there's no way for me to separate myself as a human being from the knowledge like so so long as that character exists there, I know something about that character. And whether or not that's true or not in this game, it's going to affect the decision somehow. And at the end of the day, I might as well just let somebody else make the decision, especially considering the wooden wanderer's motivations, right? Like it's not like I'm refusing to go into the forest to, to avoid spoilers. Huh. That I I don't know I don't uh, I don't necessarily think I have as hard a time. I feel like in the in the context of I know the AP has been screwed with. It's easier for me to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, it, you know because I know the AP has been changed. It's easier for me to kind of like ask questions uh, along those kinds of lines um, without you know what I mean. Like I don't feel hamstrung because I know what happens in in Fort Rannick and everything. Like I, that. I don't. I don't know if I, I'd say I feel hamstrung. I just I, I just choose to step to step back, and and also like th- there's also this this other option where like. If Mark decides he wants to run with fairly close to the adventure path, so he doesn't have to do a lot of work on his own, which is you know a perfectly acceptable decision. Um, either if I act on the information and it's correct, and he is running it close to the adventure path, then you know I've I've screwed him over as a GM, or I have to I force him to change it on the fly and not make it align with my expectations, and I don't want to put that burden on him, right? Like I don't I don't want him to have to GM, GM around the fact that I know what's going to happen based on. Um, having run the adventure path myself. Isn't that kind of just what you get on the tin, though? Like, this is going to be the second time that Mark is... This is going to be... We we all knew that we were walking into this kind of thing. And it feels it just feels a little bit weird to me that the answer to this problem is to not engage with the material uh, as much as you would otherwise. I don't know. That's just... That's a weird... It's a very weird thing. I think because... I, um, I, I think I think part of it, too, is, is maybe, maybe I, I stated it wrong and maybe... maybe Maybe it seems like I'm overstating my, my my lack of engagement, right? Like, there's I could still like talk to the townspeople. I could still do the things that I know are, is is a safe space to operate in, or stuff that I know is like completely foreign to the AP. I just can't do several specific things that I know either indicates one that I know what's happening, or two, um, you know, potentially, you know, mucks with the game in that in that way. In in, this, in I, the I same mean, way just, that as a good it, it, player, if you you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up, and this is an example of me kind of being a shitty player in this situation. But like when Bob, Steven, and El Zondo are the three suspects, and you know you could tell which one of those is is the one that they wrote into the adventure path, and the other two are names made up on the spot. Um, this is something I, I did in Nick's Kingmaker game. Um, like I can choose to just ignore the fact that that one of them is that, that one of them is obviously the correct answer. Um, and since I know like it, it's the same type of thing, right? Except that there's, it's not obvious to everybody playing and I could just let the other players take point on, on, on that particular conflict. So, okay. So here's the thing. I, first of all, I would say that's bad GMing just for 
from the ground up. Sure. Um, and, and in some ways, it, yeah. Like, it, not like it obviously shouldn't be that obvious, right? Um, but uh, at the same time, um, I don't know. I guess uh, the, the, the real thing that gets me almost is kind of this idea that I would say something, I would act here, but because of this, you know, but because I've been through this before or whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, that is rough. You know what I mean? Okay. Let me see. It's it's also tough because, okay, so just to be clear, it's also tough because on the, like, on the other half of this, uh, you also have... Would you say anything if you didn't know? You know what I mean? Yes, so that, like, that is actually my, my, my biggest conflict, right? Like, let's say back in Sandpoint, just for something way in the past that I that I don't have to worry about spoiling anything. Um, say I knew that, like, say, you know, I, I, I know that Aldern Foxlove is, is behind everything, right? Is, is behind the murders, right? Like, you know, in the moment where we talk to Aldern Foxlove, I might, no, like, you know, there might be a tell there, but would I notice that if I didn't know that in the written adventure path, that's that's what happens? Right? Like, am, am I only noticing it because I know what it's supposed to be? Yeah, I definitely, well, the thing is, I definitely think that there are a mixture of, like, those moments or whatever, but I also think at the same time, you know, when we're sitting there, ex- you know, when we're sitting there trying to unravel this conspiracy, having, you know, uh, having characters be willfully silent... It, it, that that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. So I think I think it's a mixture of both. I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely agree with that principle. Uh, kind of on both sides, both sides of this fence. It's definitely made me. It's see. I really. It, it, it's tough being an adult, man. Like it's tough being a being, being a grown up. Yeah, right. Uh, I really want to do. You know, like I really want to do my own campaigns from the ground up. Again, I really, you know, like, I love doing that, but it's so much time and energy. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, it's so much time and energy, just like the little things. You know, today, um, you know, today at work on my lunch break, I just, uh, you know, like, I just got something from the break room because I didn't, I didn't really care. And I just sat there and I went through, I, I was going through these Hell's Rebels books and I was, you know, cutting out all of the character portraits and putting them in MS Paint and kind of like slicing out like the, the head or whatever and adding these characters to kind of roll 20 um, because, you know, as I need to, oh, excuse me, uh, as I need to populate this world, um, I want to, I want to seed in some people from later books that otherwise don't come up. Right. Uh, you know, I kind of like the idea that you're meeting major NPCs from books, you know, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, we walk into a bar. Here's this guy. If you happen to talk to, you know what I mean? Like if you happen to talk to him, that's cool kind of a thing. Um, and just the ability for me to go through and do that for like 20 characters in an hour because they're all just kind of like laid out for me. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that kills me about uh, about you know kind of like doing my own campaigns. Uh, I'm gonna put a pin in that though because that should totally be its own episode, 100. percent Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, uh, what happened? What did we do in Hell's Rebels last week? Uh, you guys actually formed the, the, the Golden Seals, Seals, the right? Silver Ravens. 
Fuck you guys. You all get leprosy. You asked us what the name. <laughs> I know, of the but I asked you with the obvious, obvious. You know, like, oh yeah, I you know I heard about the fucking the silver ravens or whatever. Um, because it's a, you know it's important that you're not. It's important that you're not you know. Beauregard and and the Q's kazoos. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> there's 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 a history to the to the silver ravens that there's a mystery there to kind of like solve and get to the bottom to because oh it's all been redacted nobody knows you know so it's legends and shit uh that comes up later and so like if you call yourselves you know the goldie hans uh we are we are in for some it just fucks over lots of shit okay (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, you formed those guys, um, and then you're, you've just, I gave you the plot hooks uh, for uh, for the next for like the upcoming mission, so to speak. You chose Taylor Lewin, which I find incredibly interesting uh, for for reasons I can't really talk about because they're a little bit spoilery. Uh, and then we had our first diplomacy challenge, which, to be honest, one hundred percent. I am so happy with how that turned out. That was like no, it worked that well. was like better than my wildest dreams. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think it's it's actually neat for, for you know I I I as someone who I don't I didn't think the system was ever bad I just had my reservations about it. We have a good party for it, right? Like no one is trying to. I could imagine a group a, a group among our our friends who play that would play diplomacy challenges to break them, mm-hmm. but because we don't have that. I think they're going well. I 100% agree. Uh, it was one of those things where I was really in my own head about it to that to like to that extent, right? Like I was so afraid of that outcome that I was just honestly, just honestly surprised when uh, when the kind of the opposite happened, right? When people people were answering, you know, people were answering questions out of order and when it wasn't quote unquote like mechanically sound. Um, and that stuff is great because I, you know, I can make up for that on the back end, right? I can give you the, you know what I mean? Like I can give, I can give Rakax the bonus he needs in order to make the, like, a, you know what I mean? Like in order to make that work and have him not be punished for like, I, that, that's the last thing I want is I want, you know, somebody who like, picks up on something and just goes with it and has and have it be you know a conversation where you're actually trying to convince this you know npc player uh whoever to do to do what you need to do um i can make up for that stuff on the back end so it's it's not a big deal but uh yeah i was i was really uh i was really happy with that i think that worked out pretty well i was also scared personally because uh you know even though i've done a lot of i do a lot of prep work for this just kind of like you know like when i'm commuting to work if somebody's like looking in my car that must look really crazy because i'm sitting here i'm sitting there like repeating these things you know like that bars lie through in speech what i didn't actually write i never wrote it down and made it like a word for word thing but i just like said it out loud enough that i knew what i wanted to cover and stuff like that but it's hard to anticipate stuff with that like that for uh you know for like a diplomacy i don't know what i don't know what arguments you guys are gonna make i don't know you know what you're going to bring up uh i just kind of know who lyra is and why she doesn't want you know to like why she why she's hesitant about this and i didn't want to uh and so i was just kind of afraid that you know because i would have to improv all of these answers uh the conversation would be very stocky or slow or we would get into one of those kinds of situations where you're you're constantly trying to 
convince someone uh, who's already said yes, or she's finding really contrived reasons to not say sure. to, to not say yes. But all of that stuff didn't happen. So, yeah, no, it it, it very happy. I, I was personally very happy because I got to use my quiet word power, although it didn't work as well as I had hoped. Um, it is less powerful than I thought it was. I initially thought they got to roll with my bonus, but you only get to roll with my ranks, which is much less fun. Yeah, uh, to be honest, actually, I I see. I'm kind of in a weird position where <laughs> I I think your character is almost a little overpowered for this game, <laughs> and like just because how like you know it's really use like disguise checks are so useful for keeping your notoriety down. You know, I was like kind of looking over. I was looking over my stuff. I was like, man, like, Beauregard can just get out of all of this stuff because he can just you know, use disguise checks. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, when I originally read it, I, I thought the same way that you did. I thought that you rolled with – or they rolled with your bonus. Um, I don't know. Part of me wants to kind of almost, like, house rule that to be one way or the other. But uh, We'll, we'll, we'll really figure it out as it, it goes on, right? Yeah. Like, I like it, it seems to be working out for now. And in terms of the Beauregard's going to be overpowered, I'm pretty sure that it's going to. You're going to see exactly how not that is the moment we face any sort of combat. Yeah, sure. I'm just you know, uh, a lot of the, the because a lot of the stuff is built to be dangerous uh, from uh, you know from like a notoriety perspective, right? And you know, we talked about this last okay, week. The yeah, yeah. the like you know the tension between you know do I intervene in this random beating on the street, right? But like. I, I, you, my, it's my name and my face that's going to be doing that. And unless I kill these guys, you know, um, unless I kill these guards or whoever, uh, they're going to be able to report that back. And that's going to increase like the, the notoriety. Um, and obviously that's true for this. So going to be true for all the other characters. So it's not like a huge deal or whatever. It's just, I could, you know, I could, I could see it. I could see it in my mind. Hey, hey <laughs> I'm a, i am how many times do you think I'm going to turn into Barzillai Thrun? Yeah, oh God. <laughs> uh, I just you got know, that power thing, too. Oh, I'm so. The happy. other thing is, uh, yeah, the other thing is um, that you know, like that kind of stuff, like has it has a really it has like a really hardcore predilection to like go off the rails. You know what I mean? If uh, it, I, you know, if it, it it's just it's not something I have a ton of control over. Obviously, so the worst case scenarios. Are are definitely uh, are definitely there. Yeah, no, it, it it'll be a it'll be an interesting campaign. And I'm 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 very much looking forward to. It. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, what else? What what else has been happening in your week, buddy? Besides the dungeons and the dragons. Uh, jeez, not all that much. I've actually been I've 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 been playing this uh, this Iron Man XCOM game. Um, I, to, to be honest, I'm kind of like done with XCOM, but I do want to see the ending, but like I've kind of exhausted like the mechanical interest, uh, I suppose of the game. And so I'm, I want to complete it. I definitely want to complete it. Uh, but I've just kind of been a little bit lackadaisical about it. It seems like I got over the hump. Uh, it seems like I got over the hump with my, with my Iron Man game, which makes me feel nice. Um. Yeah. But uh yeah, and then I've been playing just like a ton of league. 
with uh, my really good friends who are really, really, really good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've finally stopped losing with them. So that feels good. Nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of XCOM, I'm I'm probably going to dive back into that sometime this week because, uh, as, as I've mentioned on a previous show, Super Best Friends are people I watch, and they just started an XCOM playthrough. I think you'd really enjoy it, actually, because they're playing a... Um, a commander Iron Man playthrough, and they're completely fucked. They haven't won a mission since the first one of like the three missions they've shown. Wow, geez. like like they've had to evacuate. They've lost all their soldiers. It looks like it's going to be a clusterfuck train wreck. It's going to end in five episodes. So I'm excited and I'm I'm extremely entertained by it. So I would recommend that to you and to all of our listeners. Uh, yeah, I should do that. I mean, I think I think uh, it's funny because that's a little bit of like what happened in my first Iron Man playthrough. I kind of, to a certain extent, I kind of hate like the the um, you know I went on the XCOM subreddit to just kind of like read about a bug I was having, um, and people were being such jerks about this guy not playing on Iron Man, and I was just like, you know, come on, like first of all, I don't think the game is balanced for Iron Man, like one. Hundred percent. I don't think the game is balanced uh, uh, for Iron for Iron Man. Uh, and second of all, I don't think it's the biggest deal for for somebody to be a dirty safe scummer. Uh, even though I, you know, I well, I have walked you both paths. You dirty safe scummer. I hey, I abandoned my safe scumming. I expanded my safe scumming playthrough to play Iron Man. Oh, you I've abandoned it. You didn't finish it. Yeah, I never finished my. Oh, huh. uh, 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 but because I kind of got to this place where. Um, I hadn't done any of like the necessary story missions. I was just figuring out the mechanics and figuring out the mechanics and figuring out the mechanics. Um, and then once I felt confident in the mechanics, I just went back and I, you know, I started this new run. I started the new one on Iron Man normal, uh, and I was doing pretty okay for a while. And then I just got like, I just got hardcore fucked <laughs> um, in a, like a, a, a certain subset of missions. Uh, mostly because, and I may have talked about this last week, mostly because my, my strategy was focused on leveling up a bunch of guys very quickly. Um, I had I had a lot of, uh, I had the thing where your wounded soldiers heal up faster. Uh, and so what it ended up happening was I had a core group of very, very high level guys and then like a bunch of squatties. Um, and then uh, I just had like two or three missions in a row where I lost like half of that high level group. Uh, and I just got, and and then I, and then I failed a mission and then I failed another mission and it just kind of spiraled out of control from there because once I had lost those really high power guys, um, I didn't have the, I didn't really have like the resources to kind of come back from that deficit. Uh, but in this one, I focused much more on breadth. So I have, you know, I have a lot of mid-level guys now, um compared to my first mission or compared to my first playthrough so when guys get hospitalized when guys get dead it's not the end of the world and i've been able to come back from that nice but uh but uh, yeah how's that street fighter going for you are you street uh, fighter is throwing street fighter is good um i'm getting mad at myself for dropping combos as 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 we do i've been trying to remember the the inf- the infinitely wise words of bob ross there's no such thing as a drop combo, just a happy little reset. Um, and, uh, just a happy little reset. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it's, 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 a fun, it's, it's an excellently made fighting game. You know, not much else I could say about that. Um, been, been playing exclusively Zangief. 
Um, I have a couple of issues with the... So, this is actually a really weird thing. It's that I see why they did it, but you select your preferred fighter, and then when you wait for a match, it just throws you into the match with that fighter. So, it's actually a little bit more difficult to play different characters, right? It feels like you're very encouraged to play the same character over and over again, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just like in Street Fighter 4, where they had a roster of 44 characters at the end. Um, I would play like a couple games on a bunch of different characters. Um, and I have yet to play a, an online match with anybody that isn't Sangeef. So uh, that's, it's just just a different thing. Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I, I like games like that to a certain extent. Uh, you know, like I like the mastery... Um, the the mastery stuff in League of Legends, I think that's just really that's really great to encourage people to specialize. Um, I think because League of Legends is really my only like comparison point. Uh, I think that kind of stuff is is important because you don't want you don't want it to be a content mill in that way, right? Where like somebody get you know like you get your uh, you get the new champion and then you play him a bunch and then you, I don't know, you, you, you play him a bunch and then you throw, um, that kind of stuff to the wind, right? I think it's, it's better for, you know, when a, when a champion or a, a fighter is mechanically deep enough that you can sit on him for matches on matches on matches on matches, uh, and really kind of like hone your craft. That's a symbol of really great design. Um, and kind of one of the reasons why certain champions in League of Legends are poorly designed, uh, you know, like Taric, right? Like what what does that what does a Taric main uh, you you know really have to to offer? Auras, auras everywhere. Yeah. Ugh. Can we talk about how poor, how poorly designed orders are in League of Legends? I can. Anyway, um, but we're actually here to talk about grinding. Uh, this is your topic, and I have a lot of thoughts on this, but uh, I want to see where you're coming from before we get going in a more straightforward sense. Uh, what what brought uh, what brought your your thoughts of grinding about? So um, I actually forgot to mention this, but um, over the weekend, I also, in addition to the Division beta, played the Black Desert beta. Um, and the Black, De- Black Desert is a Korean MMO, um, which is a genre... Um, specifically Korean MMOs, known for their propensity for grinding. Um, but I found myself not too bothered by it. Um, and I, I found this various, variously in, in other different games that, like, sometimes I get to it and I'm just like, I fucking can't stand this anymore. I'm done with this game. I, I just don't want to grind it out anymore. But in some games, it just doesn't feel like it's a grind, right? It feels like it's it's meaningful. It feels like, you know, it's, it's, it's not nearly so much of a problem or in or like say in in uh in in some cases in wow right when you're looking for like some some weird little trinket it's like well i know what i'm going for is something exceptional so i don't mind the grind so much and so i kind of wanted to explore the space which is like what really differentiates a a a good grind or or a good feeling grind at least um and a bad grind you know you even you can even apply this in some ways to, to league of legends right like at what point is just playing games over and over again a grind as versus like a, a, a fun thing to do type of deal? Man, that's rough. Um, so here's my thing about grinding. I, I think grinding is 
pretty shallow, but I also think that in a way I kind of think that it's like comparable to like shitty mindless sitcoms in television um where like you can execute on that i'm speaking specifically of like you know laugh track multi-camera big bang theory kind of stuff right um i think you can execute well on that paradigm uh you know i would even argue that to a certain extent uh, you know, like the Big Bang Theory and, you know, like How I Met Your Mother or whatever, kind of like the bigger names of these are the are like the best versions of that paradigm. But they are always you're you're uh, from from a, like a pure quality standpoint, you are always kneecapping yourself in that way. Right. It's just like um, I, I don't know, like I can't I can't help but feel that all grinding is bad grinding qualitatively but sometimes it's okay because what you're looking for is a grind you know what i mean you don't always need to be looking for the wire you know and like the the you know like the thematic and political challenges of you know watching a super in-depth show like game of thrones or whatever um as much as i am a champion of that kind of uh of that kind of stuff i don't think that it's you know, I don't think it's universally necessary, right? You know, like, yeah, I like to play thought-provoking fucking, uh, well, I actually don't really like to play these thought-provoking adventure games for other reasons, but, you know, like, the thought-provoking indie adventure games that have a lot of depth and meaning and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, you know, uh, when, when I've been working and I'm tired and I'm worn out, like, yeah, it fucking, who cares? It feels fine to sit in Diablo and farm through Nephilim Rifts because even though it's blatantly Skinner Box bullshit uh, that I'm just, you know, like pulling the crank over and over and over again hoping that new legendary loot is going to drop or whatever, um, I kind of just don't care because that's what the grinding is for. It's kind of like there to turn my brain off. So from that perspective, I don't even really know that I think there is good or bad grinding in like... The, the truest sense i kind of feel like all grinding is bad but in some instances i'm fine with it and in others it just doesn't appeal to me uh i got paused for a second when you said that the big bang theory is is a good show but uh this isn't a television podcast so i will we'll table that discussion i'm not saying it's, I'm, it's, here's the thing i'm not saying it's a good show i'm just saying it's the best of what there there's obviously really bad multi-camera laugh track sitcoms right the jokes don't land you know the the plots are are rote and and they're trite or whatever um uh but uh you know the big bang theory and the uh and how i met your mother or you know maybe like friends i guess if we want to go back in time uh, technically, Seinfeld had a laugh track, but I don't really think that it kind of counts in this like subgenre. Well, see, I, I know what you're talking about, but I take exception to the Big Bang Theory being a good version of one of those shows. But again, this isn't a television podcast. I'm just so saying. I'm just saying. Like, yes, the good version of Big Bang Theory is still bad television when measured against The Wire, right? Uh, this, in fact, this is actually to be topical for a second. This is a lot of how I feel about Deadpool, right? The good version, Deadpool is good for you know what it is, but it, it is blatantly you know it it's blatantly a bad movie, right? Like all of it's all cliches and, and all of that stuff because on purpose, right? That makes it a bad movie, but it's fine, you know that that's what it's trying to accomplish. So it's okay to kind of you, you know, know okay. I'm, 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 and I'm, I think that's the same kind of principle at play. 
I'm I'm going to say that I disagree that it's a bad movie, but we're not going to get into it. This is not a movie podcast. <laughs> but I I just couldn't. I will let... one day. I will break you, and we'll do that. We'll oh do no this. no! I have, <laughs> I, I have no problem getting into it at some point, but I just didn't. I can't let you know your your opinion go uncontested completely. But uh, we, we, we uh, won't we, we won't uh, argue about that right now. But about <laughs> <laughs> but about grinding, you know, I I think that they're like, you know, I, I in some senses I think that you're right that like there are some, you know, that that in a lot of ways, the the grind or rather what people view as an acceptable grind, like say Nephilim riffs, are um are not really great. They're just good things to do with your brain turned off. Um, and I, I would, I would argue specifically for say like, like Diablo style ones, like there is actually some, uh, nuance there, some, some challenge there and like figuring out what you can do, what you can do easily, what you can do with a little bit more effort and like, kind of like optimizing those grinds, which I think is its own little kind of like neat mini game in kind of like a manage, like a management game type sense. Um, okay. but I think I think on another level there are some grinds that that even kind of transcend that level of goodness, right? Like I think there are there are game like like I said, Black Black Desert seems to have stuck out at me, but I, I only played it for like maybe five or six hours this weekend, so may, maybe it would have fallen off with me um, had I continued playing it. But I I felt like in the over the course of that game. The the act of killing monsters while an, an incredibly kind of like Diablo esque activity didn't feel like it didn't feel bad and in many ways felt good. Like I I think part of that in particular is because of the combat system in that game that it's you know uh, either keyboard or controller based kind of like action combat type stuff and so it felt like every combat was like a fight right like is if you're playing through say like a character action game like say like Devil May Cry. Um, is fighting through the the packs of enemies in that game is 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 that a grind? Is 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 fighting enemies in Shadows of Mordor or in Assassin's Creed a grind? And at what point does it be, become a grind? Is it just because you could do it over and over again to, to 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 gain XP? If 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 you don't have those rewards and it's just like you can go through it to like get an A in the level or you know just to advance the plot, does it suddenly magically make it not a grind? Like I, I feel like there's. There, there's a very blurry line there that, like, we're like, what, what, what looks like a grind can, can have a lot more depth than that, and you know, it is in in some ways like a lot better than than you're giving it credit for. Man, how do I feel about that? I kind of agree. This is, I mean, this is obviously a little bit personal. So this is my history with grinding. Um, I actually like grinding more than the average folk i suppose um i think that uh it's 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 like from that like turning your brain off perspective i think that's almost proper i think that's what grinding asks you to do uh right now i'm playing world of warcraft and you know i'm playing world of warcraft for a variety of reasons most notably of which is that i like to role play in world of warcraft and a bunch of my friends are role playing in world of warcraft and it's fun to do that right but i do still find myself sitting literally this is not a joke i find myself sitting on my level 35 you know pandaren monk leather worker um i have leveled him up Almost entirely by just sitting in areas farming beasts so I can skin them 
for the because I'm leveling leatherworking and just the amount of leather that you need in order to level up leatherworking is just is just obscene. Um, so I'm just sitting, you know, and 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 I've done that for hours at this point. You know, I've probably done that for days in just like raw, you know, like just like raw volume of time. But it's fine because you know, like on my second screen, I have you know. Man of Steel. I have Pacific Rim. I have, uh, you know, some TV show that I'm catching up on or whatever. So that, you know, like, I, I can be, uh, I can kind of be in those two places at once. I can't do that in League of Legends, right? Um, though sometimes I do it, to be honest. Uh, I, because, you know, you need to be focused so hard on League in order to, like, play it properly. I can't do that in Mass Effect, right? Because it just wouldn't, you know, like, I, I'm too engaged. Uh, I can't even do that in something like XCOM, which can get grindy uh in some of its like like once you've figured out like the mechanics so to speak it can get kind of grindy uh which is a little bit of the place that i'm at um but yeah i don't know i kind of feel like that that turn your brain off perspective is the right is this i i, I hate i i hate to bring it back to definitions this may be us talking about two different concepts and you saying that like what the thing you're describing isn't actually grinding as far as i see it like because it sounds like to me that you, that the way you define grinding is an activity that you turn your brain off and do repetitively, whereas I'm saying, well, it's a repetitive activity, but it doesn't necessitate turning your brain off. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not saying it necessitates that. I'm just saying I think that's like the best. Uh, I, I kind of think that's the best execution of it. Um, there are some instances, even in Diablo, right? Diablo, I actually don't think. I think Diablo is grinding, and it is grindy in like this certain, yeah, uh, in the same way. It, I I did this before I was playing WoW again. I was playing Diablo in the same way, right? I'm just grinding Nephilim rifts uh, over and over again. But what you're recognizing is, uh, which I think is is super right and super fair, is that it's it's grinding surrounded by uh, uh, capstones of you know interesting mechanics right and so yeah i'm grinding these nephilim rifts with my whirlwind warrior who i basically just right click and move around the dungeon or whatever um but you know then i come out of it i evaluate my loot i'm looking at what the numbers say what's better what's worse can i make a new build out of this let's try out this new build or whatever right and even trying out the new build i mean i guess it kind of has like a little bit of you know can i execute this spamming of hammer of the you know what i mean like maybe maybe can i can i avoid the 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 arcane lasers on the ground is like difficulty and execution kind of stuff but at the end of the day you know like the build works or it doesn't right i either die a bunch or i don't die a bunch and that's you know and, and i just kind of keep grinding to figure out what's uh what's what and i think and that's tr- also true of you know that's also true of world of warcraft um you know, there are plenty of times when I'm just sitting there farming these boar butts or whatever. But there are also plenty of times when I get together with a group of people and we're, you know, doing a raid where I, I can't, you know, I can't back out from from that in the same way. Hmm. Yeah, so, so you just, like, I, I'll agree with you that, like, you can have a good turn your brain off, turn your brain off grinding situation. Um... But does that necessarily mean that's the only way to have a good grinding situation? I don't think it's it's the only way. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of turn your brain off grinding situations that are bad. Because sure. I think there's also pieces to this that are like, you know, how if Diablo was 20 hours of Nephilim Rifts, if a Nephilim Rift took 20 hours, right? Um, 
it would be bad because the or, rate or at which the loot would drop would be obscenely slow. Right? Yeah, let, let's, so let's, a, let's say the drop rate was about 100 times slower and there was a real money auction house. That would be a much worse game, don't you say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I would say that. Um, and I think that that's the uh, – I think that that's what we're – I think that's almost a little bit of like what we're addressing is uh, a lot of this stuff kind of comes down to like the rate of reward, right? The Skinner box doesn't work if it only – if it rewards food too infrequently. Sure. Uh, though the Skinner box also doesn't work if you reward food on every pull, so. Yeah. That's why RNG exists. That's why RNG exists, ladies and gentlemen. Also that, and because sometimes reacting to new situations is important. I hate how people don't like RNG. <laughs> I think it's like, it's like it's like a secret pet peeve of mine. Um, um I, I think uh, you can even launch into that a little bit. But I, I think RNG is like, I think there's a balancing point there. Like, I, I feel like, you know, if I put in... You know, however many hours into something and, you know, RNG is, is, is screwing me. I feel like that can get a little frustrating too, right? It's something like, Diab- like Diablo where, like, getting your base your base six pieces of the set you want is so incredibly important to playing the build that you want to play. Um, not being able to get those pieces is, is, is incredibly infuriating. Um, or getting any six pieces even if you wanted to reduce to that point, right? Like, I'm not saying... You know, it should be easy to get all six pieces ancient with perfect stats. Obviously, that's not the case. But, like, I, I, I do feel like there are there is a point when RNG could feel frustrating, and that's, that's, that's not great. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely think that that's a thing. But at the end of the day, I kind of think that stuff is almost a little bit, it's, like, outliery to me. Um, because at the end of the day, you do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it might, it takes some players more time, some players less time. Your famous penchant for uh, getting legendary follower items in Diablo right. 3. Uh, yeah, that's frustrating. I get that. Uh, but it's kind you know, like, that's bad, but it's overweighed by the good of the system being that, you know, uh, you you sometimes are rewarded. I you know, you're sometimes rewarded with stuff you expect. Sometimes with stuff you're not expecting. Right? You know, I had to make do with the Firebird or Firebrand Mage set because I just couldn't get anything from the Archon set to drop. But that actually became really cool because I got to you know what I mean. Like I got to experience. Uh, I even though I knew on paper. Um, and even though I kind of think the on paper version of this is kind of the wrong way to play Diablo. Um. Even though I knew on paper the Archon set was better for, you know, for, like, the DPS calculations and all of the crazy, um, you know, all of the crazy stuff on, on like, people who spreadsheeted out or whatever. But, you know, I, I just couldn't, couldn't be bothered because I, the, the RNG was fine and it gave me an interesting experience. Uh, RNG exists in games like XCOM, by the way, just to kind of, like, complete my point. Uh, you know, people who, who, who gotta get mad that... Um, you know, like a ninety, a soldier with a ninety-five percent chance to hit misses. It's like, yeah, that's that's what RNG is there for, right? RNG is there to make you, uh, to make you think on your toes, right? Um, I would also, I would counter that point though. Did you know that there are hidden modifiers in XCOM too? If you miss a bunch, if you miss a bunch in a row, your 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 uh, hit chance is actually higher than is what's stated on the screen. And if the enemy hits you a bunch of times in a row, their 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 miss chance actually goes up as well. Woo! How do I feel about that? Uh, that's something that I have I have thoughts on this. 
I don't have thoughts on this. I'm stalling. Uh, I, I, I will have <laughs> I will have thoughts on this when we do a proper XCOM episode. Uh, you know, maybe next week kind of thing. Um, the, um, uh, but that I, I think that RNG is important because you know you need to. You know, you need to be able to account for, uh, you know, like you need to be able to think on your feet. You need to be able to uh, deal with random stuff that you weren't expecting on the fly. Because if everything, everything, you know, falls down in precisely the way that you expected it, I think that experience is boring. Um, and the, the difficulty of that experience is low. Uh, and I think RNG is a good way to flavor the... I know, like flavor the flavor the experience in a different way. By the way, I also think RNG is like, you know, Civilization is a game that that comes down a lot on how you're expecting, right? It's not like you have a mischance on your archers or whatever, right? Um, or you know, it's not like you, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not like you're building a library and then on the last turn of the library it turns into an aqueduct you know what i mean like right. i think there's good places for rng specifically in civilization it's stuff like uh, the ruins the archaeology um i think it's stuff like the the map right like the the rng nature of the map is a great is a great asset to civilization and that's that's the way that it makes you think on your toes right because um you know you don't know what you don't know what the continent necessarily looks like on turn 10 um that kind of thing uh Sure, but so there, there's is, is different that a places problem? for it. Is that a problem if it keeps the game from being competitive? Like, well, you know, like for, to bring it back to Diablo a little bit, there there are like you know leaderboards for certain you know like beyond highest cleared rifts. I, I think highest cleared rifts is something that you can you know you can push out with enough time, um, and, like that that'll mitigate the RNG. But things like first to clear X, Y, and Z is is, is going to be very heavily dependent on on RNG. Um, and something like like the map, the map position in the ruins in civilization, like I don't think you could have a competitive civilization scene in the way you have a competitive League of Legends or Street Fighter scene. You know, putting aside the time component, um, be, because of those random elements, right? Like you, you know, the, the best Civ player in the world, if they're handed like Venice, um, on on like a on a landlocked map, is going to be like completely screwed. Um. Well, first of all, I'm just going to point out that Civ compensates for that. I actually don't know that you can be Venice without – like, it has a coastal starting bias is my point. Anyway, um, sure. I actually think that – so people this, – this argument gets brought up uh, specifically in League of Legends uh, with Critical Strike and comparing it yeah, to other yeah. uh, it, comparing it to other games right people say things like oh there you know there's no critical you know, there's no critical strike in baseball or whatever and it's like okay i understand the like i understand the idea but that's just fundamentally not true right yeah because there's so much going on in baseball you know and whether physical, somebody hits sports have their own weirdness to them right like, right you know what i mean like it's like it's like listen i i agree with you Peyton, Eli Manning, I'll, 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 I'll take that. There you go. Eli Manning, uh, you know, just gets to, you know, he gets to throw this, you know, he, he throws the football and he knows where it's going to go and he has these, you know what I mean? Like, and that's very, that's very measured. It's very skill-based or whatever, right? But like, listen, man, you know, like sometimes the guy, you know, the guy's sweating and he happened to rub his arm and got a little sweat on his, you know, on his you know what I mean, and then and it back the random or, or it's random raining. shit. Yeah, or, or, yeah, exactly. Or it's 
raining, right? You know, like, or it's, you know, uh, somebody, somebody's girlfriend broke up with him and he had a bad fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that stuff is functionally RNG. Uh, right. And so I actually think that League of Legends, like, on balance compared to a lot of these physical sports is probably less RNG than the sports are. Um, just because, you know, there's so much more, ran- there's just so much more randomness when it's not a computer simulation, right? That's just like that's a that's a fundamental principle. Um but I, I get the point. Um I think that uh you know like yeah season four of League of Legends TSM beat CLG because Wild Turtle uh had what like they you know you could literally freeze frame it. He had one crit on like one champion that just kind of snowballed the entire you know what I mean like the entire game uh uh to into a win, right? And that won them game four, and they they rallied, and they used that momentum to win game five to, you know, upset Cloud9, who were the, you know, like, the heavy favorites or whatever. And and you could, if you were being reductive and simplistic, you could bring it all the way down to that one crit, right? And you could say, ha, this point of RNG is the only reason, you know, how is this competitive? The only reason they won is because of that RNG. And it's like, you know... I see where you're getting at, but the bigger picture of it is that point of RNG, you know, was capitalized on correctly. It it was it gave them the right mindset that they needed. You know, like all the you know, like all of these different things um, that come together. That the RNG, I just don't think, is the determining factor there. Right? That kind of stuff happens all the time in League of Legends, and unless it's, I guess, particularly egregious. So it's unless it's so egregious that I can't even think of an example. And I've been following the League of Legends competitive scene since basically its, its inception. It's just it doesn't matter that that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. Oh, I actually can't think of one. Uh, there was one a game time, where C nine got beat because the other team crit three times in a row. Like that, that's ex- yep. That's one hundred percent what I'm thinking of. Uh, Dignitas versus Cloud Nine uh, on twenty percent crit. I think I'm a cutie pie crit three times in a row on like Caitlyn or like on Draven or somebody and just kind of happened to you know what I mean just kind of happened to get a kill and the best part about that was after the game I have a cutie pie got on Twitter and said something to the effect of guys listen we shouldn't have we shouldn't have won that game I got three magic crits but yeah that I think that's the only time ever Sure. Uh, that it's and, uh, that and it's been that 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 egregious. To, to, to bring up uh, more hidden multipliers, um, I, I League of Legends also smooths crits. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I agree. Um, or I know that. Yeah. Um. Huh. Actually, but the thing that- is, my point. But my point is, my point is, I think just because Cloud Nine lost that one game, they didn't. You know, like I'm balanced. They didn't. They didn't lose the season. I think this was in season three, by the way. They didn't lose the season. You know, I think they went on to ace basically the fi- the the um, playoffs. They never had any problem with any. You know, they never had any problem with any of that. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, that you know. The RNG is so little that it's not determining – it's not, you know, it's not determining whether or not Samsung Galaxy White wins Worlds, right? Uh, it's It may be determining maybe one game out of hundreds, so. Sure. Sure. Well, does, <clears throat> does that does, – does the game not suffer for that? Like, even if it's, if it, if it's a – 
if, if it's such a minute thing that affects one in every 100 games, why not make it zero out of 100 games? Uh, because uh, I think crit does add... I Because I think it does add positive stuff. I think, yeah, like having to react to... Um, you know, having to react to bad RNG, having to react to good RNG is a part of good... Is a, you know, that, that's, that's part of what makes games interesting. Maybe you could argue... Uh, that the, for for the LCS specifically, maybe you could convince me to drop that to zero entirely. But I think that, like, under the principle of the LCS fundamentally is playing the exact same game um, as, you know, like, code-wise, uh, as, um, you know, the, the, the folks at home or whatever, uh... That that one percent, I think that one percent makes the folk the folks at home version of the game worse, uh, because even though oh yeah, I, I I agree that that League of Legends should be uh like like pro and and home play, um if not for like sports reasons for riots marketing reasons should be exactly the same yeah and I think and you know honestly I think that's a valid perspective to have uh, it's one that I've you know I, I I think there's merits to that I've made that argument before even though I don't necessarily believe in it it's an it's a val you know it's a valid argument to make um, that you know like you can swap uh, that I think I think this has come up in the past regarding stuff like lane swaps, uh, right? Like highly highly technical play around stuff like lane swaps. The argument basically goes something along the lines of, well, the pros are going to figure out how to game the system. You know, they're they're going to play this lane swap game, which nobody at home is going to play anyway. So you might as well make small changes to. Um, Oh, excuse me. You might as well make small changes to that specific lane swap situation only for LCS games because it has the artificial effect of making the pros play more like the the folks at home, right? It's kind of counterintuitive because, uh, you know, you're saying, well, we're going to change the game fundamentally from what it is for the folks at home uh, in order for... uh, in order for the pros to more accurately resemble what's going on for the folks at home, uh, but I, you know, I think that argument holds a certain amount of water, even though, you know, I don't personally, I don't personally subscribe to it, and I think the counter argument is overall stronger. Okay, I, I'm going to ask you, like, if you can't tell, I'm mostly kind of playing devil's advocate at the moment, but um, I'm going to ask you a question in the opposite direction because this is actually an interesting argument presented to me a number of years ago. Um, by by a a friend a one dungeon Mike about what was wrong <laughs> wow, with uh with uh with with League of Legends and that's that League of Legends damages are static in Dota and in in Heroes of New Earth, um those damages are arranged right like from twelve to like sixteen or something you know is sta- standard RPG style um your damage isn't a fixed number it's 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 a range and he argued at that point in time that that is necessary in order to keep Inflating phase interesting and fair because occasionally it allows things to go weird in one direction or another. Um, uh, and they remove that from League of Legends. Every shot, barring critical hits, of course, does a static amount of damage. Um, does, doesn't that kind of run counter to the point that you were talking about about reacting to bad RNG? Um, I think that to, to a certain extent, it's included in the. Well, so, okay, so first of all, there are places where that principle doesn't hold up straight away. Uh, anybody who has, uh, anybody who's played a, an execute champion, right, 
has seen this principle at play, right? Because most of the executes in League of Legends are designed uh, such that it does X percent more damage based on the percentage of missing health. Right, so let's say I'm playing Volibear, whose W is a pretty obvious execute. Uh, my Volibear, uh, my Volibear W uh, does. Uh, I can even just look this up because I have the internet at my disposal. Um, my Volibear W is always, always going to do um, thirty. Wow, really? That's it? Oh no, never mind. Uh, it's always going to do. You know, at at, at rank. Five. It's always going to do 260 plus 15% of my bonus health. So let's say I have, you know, I don't know. Uh, let, let's, let's say I have a giant spell and I have 1,000 extra HP, right? So it's going to do 150 extra damage, right? So 150 plus 260, 410 damage. It's going to be... Uh, 400, it's going to be 410 damage on whoever this person is, right? But it's an execute, so... It, that damage is going to be increased by 1% for every 1% of the target's missing health. Missing health. So, you know, is that Darius at 50% HP? Is he at 45% HP? That's a pretty big difference as far as, you know, like, as far as my 410 damage is concerned. That's functionally RNG in the same way. But the other thing about it is that um, in League of Legends, the damages are so, the, the minutia is even though it is static um, and it behaves static as far as the, the the like the computer is conditioned, I think the systems are kind of arcane enough and nobody is that good at the math on the fly that it functionally uh, it it functions in the way that Dungeon Mike is describing. Um, champions get armor as they level, uh, and the armor is going to reduce the amount of damage they take by a weird percentage and there's you know there's stuff like masteries uh and runes that people don't necessarily see to have more armor to have less armor so it's it's less easy for me to predict each one of my caitlin shots is going to do 73 damage uh without me doing a bunch of just arcane math behind the scenes in order to come to that conclusion if that makes sense so i think in general the systems are 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 obscured enough to make that effect relatively uh it's consistent enough to be consistent which i think what is what you know from a game field perspective people want to find uh but it's inconsistent enough that it's not as dungeon mike would describe uh, uh entirely like boring or whatever okay or like uninteresting that's fair that's right. I, I think that makes sense. I actually, actually, I think I agree with that. With none, none of us are computers enough to be calculating all of this on the fly, um, to be able to, to 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 accurately use all this information at our disposal, even though it's technically yeah. there. And to be honest, say, listen, man, I I want to be I I am that computer in a lot of senses. Uh, you know, I know so many like numbers minutia about the game that like. You know, like, yeah, did you know, you know, Twisted Fate's ultimate is, you know, 5,500 units. But, uh, you know, Tom Kenter's ultimate scales up from 4,000 units to 5,500. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of, you just, like, random stuff. Just random stuff like that. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't know, you know. Speaking of random minutia in League of Legends, I meant to bring this up earlier, like way at the beginning of the podcast. But we actually had a... Uh, a question from a listener, from a one... Oh, a, um, loyal, a loyal listener, a my loyal listener. Yeah, his, his name is uh, 
Uh, Chuxatani Phil is what it says. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's funny. And he was he was asking about um he was asking about how in League of Legends specifically that um when you uh when you cast a I believe it's only for uh, skill shot missile attacks. Um, the range is actually slightly longer than the than the indicator indicates. Um, and he, this is confirmed by Riot Gypsy on a, on a Reddit post. Um, I can link that post in the uh, in the description so everyone can see. Um, and uh, and you know I I've been thinking about this for a little while because because Chuck Satani obviously asked us this back when we posted the skill episode, which was what two episodes ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, because last week was racist. Yeah. Um, and um, to me at least, I feel like that falls into the. Um, the same kind of set as 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 the Yasuo alt thing we were talking about, which is that while um, you may or may not you may or may not feel that the the added bonus of timing your Yasuo alt to get maximum knockup on a person, like you know the 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 value of that skill is debatable. The 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 need for the responsiveness on it for when you do need to use it immediately. Or when you would want to use it immediately, and 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 the feel of it makes it so that's important. I feel like the same thing is true for the uh, for the range indicators. Um, as uh, I will quote Riot Gypsy here. Let me let me actually bring up the quote because I brought up the conversation. Um, do do uh, do 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 the uh the, the display range is not the true range, which is coded onto the spell in a harder to access area. Display ranges are what the targeting indicator shows, and we tend to make them slightly shorter than the true range of the spells, make the spells feel more reliable since missiles have travel time. Jinx's W's true range is 1500, for example, but the display range is 1450. Um, and in my mind, I feel like that makes sense, right? Like the ability to kind of like, like, ah, uh, like that, 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 that sounded really weird, but like the ability to kind of like, you know, feel like you're just kind of like reaching for it, and then to get it. I think that's I think that's a positive thing. I, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> this is like completely unapplicable to my experience with the game because I smart cast everything. I guess maybe something like Zareth counts. Yeah, you know, like Zareth and Vi and uh and uh God, what's that uh, what's that champion? Nautilus. Varus. Uh Varus who you know you you charge up these what, what do Zareth, Vi and Nautilus have to have in common? Skill shots with missile speed. Okay. Well so, no no so I so <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's funny, okay. <laughs> yeah no I, I so th- this just particularly I know exactly how this feels in particular, because I play a lot of Nautilus, as as you well know, buddy. Um, I think part of it too is 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 specifically with with Nautilus hurt by the fact that if you connect, the anchor kind of jumps so that it's embedded in the target, um, including in walls, and so it looks even further than it actually is because it's like almost like the tip of it. Dicks, it'll it'll like lodge itself halfway into the structure or the hero. Right. But uh, but yeah, to continue with your point before I distracted you with silliness. 
Um, uh, man, you did distract me hardcore with that silliness. Um, I, I smart cast everything. So I'd never see the effect of this, right? Um, because, uh, the, the only time I would see the effect of this is if I play Varus, Zareth, and, and Vi, who naturally, as you charge okay, up some of saying. their maneuvers, uh, they, they do gain a skill shot indicator. Um, but even then, you know, like, I don't play those champions long enough. Um, Varus is, Varus, or not Varus, Zareth's. Q Q is what you're talking about, right? The Varus Q yeah. or the the yeah. Zareth Q. The Zareth Q, yeah. That doesn't uh, have a travel time though, does it? It has like a tra- it, it has a cast time. No, it has a cast time, but the missile doesn't travel. Right? Like Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the the Varus Q missile travels. Yes, yeah, uh, the, and, and, and the Vi does as well. Vi her a missile it travels. Yeah. Uh, I just I never see the effect of this kind of thing. So I can't really comment on I think kinesthetically, but by the way, kinesthetics is the what I'm going to use for the term game feel because I think that's a poor term in general. Um kinesthetically, I have no sense uh whether or not that kinesthetically feels better or worse, right? Um but I do think that like I, this is kind of one of those situations where I just kind of like have to trust Riot, um, you know. They, they, they've done, you know, they've done the research and everything like that. And even though this reads a lot to me, like the thing we were talking about with Blink Dagger, where the, you know, like. If you do it in the right range, you get farther. But if you overstep that range, you go significantly shorter. It kind of feels a little bit like that to me. Um, like not one to one, but like they're they're almost related. Yeah, they're cousins. Uh, in that it's it's yeah exactly. And like yeah, like they're cousins, uh, and uh, it just feels I don't know. It just feels really weird. Um, so you know maybe he's right. Something that I thought might be the case, and I obviously don't have the wording in front of me. Thought might be the case is that like the you know the skill shots in League of Legends taper off to a point, <clears throat> and maybe that tapering is what he means by that fifty units, uh, so that. Like, most skill shots are rectangles, right? You know, most of them don't don't taper off into a point, right? Uh, so it will just, you know, even, even if I'm, let's say I'm overlapping you, you're standing still, I'm standing still, I am overlapping you, uh, I'm not overlapping you at all with the skill shot indicator, but you are still... Ig- but it's just that's just a trick of the visual of the the uh, the design of the skill shot indicator because it tapers off. It doesn't just look like a big rectangle block, right? right? Uh, maybe maybe that's what he's describing. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I I don't know. I have no. I have nothing useful to add to this. <laughs> no, I, I mean uh, th- that's fair. And I, I think I I think I I agree with you that it's like I said like. The, the same thing that made me stop and say that the the Yasuo ult timing didn't feel like good skill to me, kind of is overridden. Like I, I think in like a very pure sense, it's not great skill, right? Like if you're only considering it from the skill sense, but when you consider it in the in the larger, in, in the larger context of the whole game, I think I think it's fine. To be honest, uh, you know, I was uh, yesterday. Everyone, everyone, get ready to congratulate me. I'm really, I'm really gonna blow your minds here. Yesterday, I was in my promo series for Silver Fucking Two, and I was, there, and I was like, I was like, who should I play? And I was playing with a bunch of my friends, and they were like, dude, just play Yasuo. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, that was a really stupid idea uh, because we were playing an all AD comp into a malfight. But they were basically like, listen, you know, Yasuo is your favorite champion. Yasuo is your best champion. Just play Yasuo. You'll have more fun. You know what I mean? Like, you'll have more fun. You know, we trust in your Yasuo skill kind of thing so it was great um and as i was uh and like and like as i was playing 
Yasuo that game. I haven't played him in, in like a little bit because I took a big break from the game and I came back and I've been playing other champions in general. Um, and I just kind of, and I, I did this thing where, you know, sometimes you throw out the tornadoes and you're not sure if they're going to hit or not, right? Like when you, when you haven't been playing him en- enough. So there's this one point in the late game, you know, we're sieging, I'm getting stacks a little bit. And I just kind of like haphazardly threw a tornado. And it just so happened that the enemy Ezreal like walked into the tornado. And I was almost like, what? I hit the Ezreal? And then I was like, oh my god, I need to ult, I need to ult, I need to ult. You know what I mean? And so I just like spammed the R. And I got the same effect as that. The skill thing that that you know we're talking about, right? I didn't expect to hit that, um, but I I ended up getting like the optimal amount of knock up time uh, just because I was honestly bad, uh, which because I think you, is needed, kind of, you needed the second of reaction time. Yeah, yeah, because I, I yeah because I needed that extra reaction time in order to you know in order to properly uh, uh, process what had just happened, um, and I kind of think secretly. Uh, that that's the other half of it. Yeah, when I know that I'm going to hit a knockup, it's better for me to let it go and then, you know what I mean, let it go for the full duration and then hit my ultimate, right? But it's also better for, you know, the the hyper-underskilled player uh, who needs the extra, you know what I mean? Like, You're it like, rewards huh! the hyper under- yeah, 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 yeah. It actually, it, it, it disproportionately... Uh, Targets moderate players. Oh, right? you're right. Oh, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> because it because for a moderate player, uh, they know that the knockup is going to hit, but they're not. You know, they're not react. They're not doing the thing that the smart player does, uh, like the the really good player does, where they wait. You know, they hit it. In, they hit it instantly. So in a weird way, it kind of has like a flattening effect on Yasuo's uh, on Yasuo's skill cap, skill range, which I think is a really, really, really interesting kind of phenomenon. Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty. Oh man, that's pretty great. <laughs> uh, I think there's a I think there's a, you know a certain amount of uh, I think there's a certain amount of stuff in the game that. Um, reflects that almost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit like Daigo to bring it back to Street Fighter Five. It's a little bit like Daigo and uh, Lupe, and Lupe Fiasco, Fiasco, where you know oh, the diamond player who plays against Bronzies can't be anticipated. He's so bad that you you just have no idea what he's gonna do. You mean the other and way around? You... The Bronzies that plays against Diamonds. Wait, what did I say? You said the Diamond that plays against Bronzies. Yeah, the diamond that plays against bronzies. The diamond player can't anticipate a oh, bronze okay. well, player's you, you, badness. You said you said can't. It's not important, but it sounded backwards. Anyway, fair, fair enough. Yeah, uh, the, the, the the diamond player can't anticipate uh, the, the. You know, you know what the randomly. I guess this is technically a game, so it's not that much of an aside. I used to play professional Magic: The Gathering. Uh, I wasn't very good, but I would go to like pro tour qualifiers and stuff like that, and it was. So funny because of how tailored my decks were for the meta, right? You know, like, I knew that blue-white control was, like, that was, you know, that was what we see had seen most often, right? But blue-white control loses to goblins, right? And so I made a green-white control deck that could, that would rampant growth, Wrath of God on turn three, and I destroy all of their goblins um, rather than waiting until turn four, which a blue-white control deck would have to do because there's no ramp in blue, blue or white, but there's ramp in green. Um, and I would always get wrecked. Just, like, hardcore wrecked by, like, you know, like, the little, like, seven-year-old kid who showed up with his, like, beast deck. 
And then, you know what I mean? Like where he bought a bunch of like the pre-made, you know, like the pre-made right, right. decks or whatever. And he would just like play these beasts. And it's just like, I don't have enough, I don't have enough removal. Why are you dropping seven sevens? What is going on? You know, like, like those kinds of things. And I think that's a very, you know, that's a very real phenomenon that happens in a lot of these kinds of, uh, in a lot of these kinds of situations where the super underskilled I, I, you know, the, the super skilled player is as much skilled because of his mastery of the game, um, uh, if from like a mindset perspective and, and a mastery of the meta, uh, compared to the, the underskilled player who is, uh, you know, exploiting the fact that he, the, 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 the hyper-skilled player does not, you know, he doesn't play Crows and Beast. Which is an which is an eight eight for four mana under the right circumstances. I may just be salty that I lost to that little kid. <laughs> uh huh. Well, they kind of bring it back to <laughs> no. They, they, they bring it back to to uh, to grinding. What is ostensibly the topic of this episode? Although I think we've talked about it for all of ten minutes. I feel uh, like we should rename this this podcast to "Some Derps Talk About Games," but in a very, very loose sense with lots of tangents. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's what we always <laughs> wanted to do with the cast, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Right? Um, um, but uh, um, anyway, to, to kind of bring it back, do you feel like doing things like, uh, like say, training in training mode? Do you feel like that's grinding, like grinding out like combos? <sighs> Oof. I guess. I I haven't done that uh in honestly a really long time. I guess I did it for Soul Calibur 2. What what about but... if you had a sandbox, buddy? Oh god. <laughs> we talked about sandbox one. Did we do it? Right? We I think we we must have. Yeah, I I see I I have mixed feelings about this kind of stuff. I think it's pretty necessary in general for fighting games because that's like the the required gameplay of fighting games but i definitely think basically the thing that has convinced me about sandbox modes versus training modes um is riot basically said the best way to get better at league of legends should be loading up a match of summoner's rift against other players and playing league of legends right that you know what i mean like that like so, I'm not not in every case. Yeah, sure. If the first time you play Yasuo, play him against bots, right? Sure, that's fine. Uh, load up a custom, maybe. That's why those game modes exist. But I don't think that there's the necessity of uh, of a sandbox mode so that you can sit on you know one of the walls uh, and and constantly spam flashes to train quote unquote train your ability to flash over that wall. Uh, I, I don't think that's what uh, I don't think that's very. So good. so I, I think I think that's a valid point from like you know. Riot says that should be the case, but if that should be the case, doesn't that mean that, like, should a sandbox mode exist, that would be the case, and the, the that's not really an argument against the existence of a sandbox mode, that's an argument that LOL, that, that LOL should be, should be designed so that's the case, that the existence of a sandbox mode shouldn't even matter, right? By denying the sandbox mode, all they're kind of doing is admitting, well, that's not the case, but if we don't let you practice, then we can kind of close our ears and pretend. That's a good counter-argument. Well, whatever the case may be, I also think it's not... (laughs) (laughs) I I also think that from a... uh, um, I... I think that 
the opposite, you know, like the the other thing that is is like from a business concern. Um, oh, sure. I don't think adding adding sandbox mode just for the you know the sake of. Um, Oh, sure. No, you no, know. no. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct there, and I think they have a vested interest, and I think it's a valid interest in keeping the game accessible. Um, I just think that sometimes their arguments are meant to kind of mask that that, that intention, um, which is – it is what it is. Um, I, I mean, I think the argument holds water in uh, – honestly, I kind of think that it's it, – it, it's, it's – I, th- I think that it kind of comes down to who you agree – you know what I mean? Like I, I'm willing to take right on faith that I do agree with that that principle in general. Um, but I think that there is, you know, there are, there is another way to look at it and that's just fine, you know. Sure. Two people can look at the exact same set of evidence and come to radically different conclusions. I don't think that that's, you know, that's that bad. League of Legends isn't science. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, hmm. well, any other thoughts on grinding, buddy? Uh, I, I, you know, I really like grinding. I really do. I love it. Because I, you know, because, you know, as much as I'm a video game guy, I'm sure you people, uh, know this because I try and deflect by talking about television and movies all the time. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies. I like being up on, uh, you know, TV. I mean, like the amount of times that I've watched so many movies is because I can it would be boring for me to watch uh you know Man of Steel twice in the same month uh if I didn't have the option of kind of tuning in and out based on my ability to just sit there and grind in World of Warcraft or in Diablo right uh and so that's what that's you know that's why I like grinding and I think that it's you know it's kind of a good thing uh but you know that's personal I yeah I definitely don't get mad at people who call certain. Th- I don't think everything should be a grind. You know I don't think there should be grind. Sure. I I specifically don't think there should be grinds in story based games. Uh, I think that's nope nope no way. That's bad. One hundred percent bad. Oh man. So do you hate all JRPGs? Yeah, basically as mo- almost a rule. Um, I think the best JRPGs that I've played are Pokemon games, and Pokemon games don't feel very grindy to me. Huh. Even and and. So there are very specific instances where grinding is okay in Pokemon games. Uh, if, if sitting on, you know, sitting on the Elite Four and grinding out five or six uh, attempts at the Elite Four before you beat it that sixth time, that doesn't that that is technically grinding, but it actually for the the player it's a good thing I think because um, you you. That that creates um, that creates like an emotional uh, uh, reaction. You know what I mean? Like you're working at something and you're failing, but you know you're getting you know marginally better each time you try. Um, and then on that you know on that one try, like ah, you break the dam and you get it right. That feels great, and that's that is a result of grinding. But I think it's important that that really only exists at one point in the game, because um, I, I just I don't think Pokemon games are. Are, are all that grindy you can grind in the game if you want to be an ev trainer i suppose uh i know what that's like i've done that shit because i'm i'm crazy i have a problem mango what do you do you not have a pokerus 
<laughs> I, no, I actually don't have a poker rust, but I just, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I know what it's like to like EV train and like, you know, like farm eggs for the appropriate like uh, uh, combination of nature and uh, you, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, oh man, I, I really want to. I don't even remember what they're called. Any like bold ripe here, so I have to keep farming for you know I have to keep farming eggs for ryehorns with the with bold and a specific uh you know a specific trait like anyway it's just uh I don't know I yeah I don't I don't really like JRPGs as a rule mm-hmm. huh well there you have it with like five minutes left in the cast you've got a. A stinging condemnation of one of the most popular genres out there. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think I'm going to say that, like, I, I think that's actually kind of what I, what I was looking for in this is that, like, I think there are ways to do it right, right? Like, I think that, um, I think that there are times when a grind, so long as, like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up, say, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which is one of my favorite, it's a tactical JRPG, so it's 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 different. Um, but I think that the scenarios are varied enough there that I never, like, there were times when I had to just, when I didn't have to run missions to advance, to, to get high enough to advance, but I wanted to, right? Like, I wanted my character to be more powerful because I wanted this technique or whatever, so I went and I just ran some side missions instead of doing the main story missions. See, okay, so this doesn't speak to me, that, that does not sound like grinding to me. This I, is a little bit like I mean, XCOM, I'm, this is a little bit like XCOM because, uh, yes hypothetically and this is something i did in XCOM, right where i kept waiting and waiting to do these story missions um and uh, because i want to level up my guys and have them be the best that they can be before going you know crazy before going nuts um in like for for the story or whatever but because the game is procedurally generated right and because it's content i've never seen before necessarily i don't think that's a grind right so if you're playing final fantasy tactics advance as long as you're not repeating the same mission over and over and over again i don't know if that's a thing that you can do but but i don't think it's grindy but you're still you're still repeating side missions like um some some of them are the exact same mission but it's not like um, they're, they're, they're not like, it's not like you, you do like the same one mission every over and over again. But then again, in, in Diablo, right? Like no, no two rifts are the same, but we, we'd still consider that a grind. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know enough about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance sure, uh, I mean, but, to but, really, to really make the comparison. But I, I, because I, I think it's, I think it's valid mm. when, when you, when you talk about it in terms of XCOM too, right? Like you're running a number of side missions and intentionally ignoring the the main story mission um, in an attempt to make your people better rather than advancing the plot. Right? See, Does yeah, that qualify as a grind to you? Uh, yeah, that doesn't qualify as a grind to me. In this, but, like, you know, I definitely understand that that line is... That, 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 that line is hardcore blurry, right? You know, I don't sure. think... Um, uh, oh, God, I had a great example for this offhand, but now I can't. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I don't think that what that in XCOM is grindy, right? Um, but on the sliding scale of, uh, you know, I don't know, what's like the least grindy game I can think of? Probably Mass Effect 2. Eh, see, not even that, though. Walking Dead. Sure. On the, Yes, sure, fine, yes. On, on the sliding scale of zero grind for The Walking Dead to tons of grind... You know, see, I don't play these games, so I don't really. Uh, World of Warcraft, fine. Diablo, sure, who cares? Um, 
there are there is like a middle ground of grind. But my, one of my complaints about Fallout Four, because I can't let this go, uh, is the grindiness of grinding up the uh, the um, the follower rep, right? Where I was trying to get like Piper to like like me and like Preston to like me. Those were those were like. Um, you know, those were like the the XCOM quote-unquote grind in the sense that each time they were saying, hey, well, that's actually not entirely true because they gave me repeat missions all the time because their procedural, their algorithm probably sucks. But, um, you know, hey, go go free this guy from super minions or super, super, uh, what are they called? Super mutants, right? Um, th- it was a different location every time, right? But because it was a location that I had already cleared, you know, because my tactics in the game really had not changed all that much, uh, even though sometimes I was doing it in the north in northeast section of the map, sometimes I was doing it in the southeast, southwest me- section of the map, that to me felt grindy. What I'm doing in XCOM doesn't feel grindy. And it's a, you know, it's a gray area. It's hairs to split, but, you know, there, yeah, there, yeah, there are and, hairs and, in there. And like I said before, XCOM is starting to feel grindy because I'm not really in the – like, I've kind of surpassed the point. I've seen all of the enemy units, right? I, I'm not – you know, I, I'm not discovering new content at the same rate that I was uh, – you know, when I was first starting the game, and even though the mechanics of doing these missions have stayed basically the same for the the entirety of my playthrough or whatever, it has transitioned from uh, not grind to grind because because of that decrease in new content. Um, but does wait, wait wait but but that doesn't change like the, the gameplay. Like essentially, what you're saying is that like. Like, like uh, I, I would kind of approach it that like if if the gameplay is grinding now, it was always grinding. You just uh, this is probably just another definition disagreement, but like well, that, that's what I mean. Right? When the gameplay now, is it was always grinding. I see. I I don't think that's true because w- the rate at which the gameplay was giving me new content, which I think is a lot of what grinding comes down to, like like goes up and down to right. Um, uh, the as it was giving me new content, it wasn't grinding. As it was giving me, uh, you know, content that I had already seen, I had already played through, I had already dealt with, it became grinding, right? Because there was nothing. Because you, you know, do you, like, do you see like the? I, I I think I see your point. I don't know if I agree with you, but you know, that's that's kind of the nature of. of well, because I just I don't think I don't think it's grinding when I enter into a mission and it's a bunch of guy. You know, it's the first time I ever see a viper, right? That really changes the dynamics of how I'm playing the the mission, right? It really cha- and that that experience of here's a new problem tackle it is antithetical to grinding i think um and uh you know xcom gets there by by introducing lots of new enemies but once i've exhausted the supply of new enemies to fight well then the grinding sort of sets in because at that point there's not a lot new that i'm being being the changes you get by leveling up that doesn't that doesn't count as as grinding or that well so that does so that that doesn't count as so yeah, the first time I get a ranger to you know uh, level three, four, five, six, right, and I'm and I'm playing with these new abilities. Honestly, the first time that I get one ranger up one side of the tree, another ranger up another side of the tree, you know what I mean? Like those kinds of pieces aren't all that grindy specifically, um, just because like yeah, my phantom plays a lot different than my blade master, right? 
Blade Master being all on the right side of the tree where your guy isn't right. all that worried about stealth, but he's really good at just like slicing people with his, you know, laser katana. Um, Phantom being, you know, all about stealth and making sure that you use concealment and stealth bonuses in the right possible way. Um, that That's new content, right? Uh, but at the point, you know, this happened in my most recent Iron Man game, at the point where both of my specialists died. My high level, uh, one was a colonel, one was a major, they both died because RNG sucks, right? At the When I was leveling up that third specialist and I knew that I needed to just throw him up the left side of the tree because I needed a healer, right? My tactics were defined by the fact that I needed a healer who could do long-range aid protocols and long-range heals on my rangers who were going nuts. Uh, that was grinding. It was grinding to get that guy to that level, I think. Uh, because I'd already, you know, I'd already been there before. I'd already, I'd already tread that ground. But uh, uh, so so, but this doesn't this directly contradict your point about with JRPGs in general, right? Like in general, most JRPG or at least most very typical JRPGs have like one person from each class, and they're just they're their own kind of like silo of advancement. Uh, yeah, but I also feel like JRPGs are generally speaking pretty slow. Uh, the rate at level up is. The rate, the rate you get interesting things is, is yeah, so, because, yeah, because yeah, because the you know the, uh, the a lot of this also comes down to rates, kind of like we established before, right? You know where when when my when my chance to get a legendary item is increased by one hundred percent, or is increased one hundred times over, right? That is you know on the scale much more grindy uh, than it is with the decreased with a decreased drop chance uh, or increased drop chance. Wow, way to. Well, anyway, um, the uh, so the J like JRPGs where level ups are few and far between. Uh, even though I'm getting new abilities, I'm not getting them with the regularity that I'm getting them in XCOM. I'm not presented with new maps. I'm not presented with new mission types. I'm not presented with new um, uh, new uh, enemies uh, as often as I am in in XCOM because in a lot of JRPGs, the expectation is I'm going to go back and grind, you know, lower level. If there's a JRPG out there, Pokemon is a lot like this. If there's a JRPG out there that paces this stuff appropriately, that's fine. We're good. We're totally in, in the right spot. Um, but it's the kind of stuff where like, oh, I have to go back and I have to grind out this, this Pokemon, this party member, uh, this guy in Fire Emblem or whatever in order to get him to the part. That, that's the part that grindiness bothers me in JRPGs. No, I think that's fair. I think also that that, that barrier is going to be different for different people, obviously. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment, a pretty pretty fair opinion, at least a fair kind of like framework to evaluate on. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit idiosyncratic. That's not necessarily the definition of grinding that other people have, but it's, yeah, I know. mean, so you know, you have described something that you do not like. And things that are otherwise are, are things that are okay, and I think that, that that kind of gets us where we want to be with this conversation, right? Like, maybe you wouldn't call it good grinding, but it's a, but it's a good thing, and whether or not somebody calls it grinding or not is, is ult ultimately uh, irrelevant. But enough with aphorisms. Um, uh, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, that definitely sounds like we've, uh, we've covered it pretty extensively. Um... I guess tune in for uh, more Hell's Rebels and Rune Lords Monday and Wednesdays uh, at 6 p.m. ish Eastern. 
And uh, what, uh, no, Pacific. I'm lying. 6 p.m. Pacific. Pacific yes. And, <laughs> and uh, soonish, we will get. Um, we will have. Uh, what's it? Um, we will have the other game, the Shadow, Shadow Runs. Run. Yeah, we've been teasing Shadow Run for a long time. Um, I'm excited. I am I too. Like, I like Shadow Run. I like um, different based systems on, based on what I've read. I like different systems, too. Some of them are more robust and some of them are less. Uh, I think Pathfinder is a very robust system, but I think certain systems kind of don't lend themselves to, like, fully campaign-length campaigns, and that's okay. Yeah. No, I like Paranoia is definitely that way. I I read another Paranoia game this weekend. I heard about that. I did not go as – or I did not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the first game. I think the players enjoyed it enough, so ultimately that's what's important. Um, But – I I think maybe a topic for for another episode is sometimes like you know when the PF hammer is hitting problems that aren't nails. Um, I think that that's a that's a thing at least for our group even to to explore in a little bit more depth is, is different systems for different times. I am interested by that topic because I'm not really quite sure what you I I understand the principle I don't necessarily see examples but uh, that's a that's a teaser that's the after credits Oof, you yes. know <laughs> that's for you that's for Nick you. Fury is asking us to join the Avengers. Uh, we find out about Cable in a recreation of what? What movie was that from? Uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day. Ferris off. Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Spoilers yep. for Deadpool. I thought that. I thought that was clever. I wanted more of that from Deadpool. Um. Anyway, but yeah. Until us. Deadpool, th- Deadpool was fun. Go see it. <laughs> until next time, dear listeners. Uh, until next time, farewell. <laughs>